Hi, this is Weed. And this is Cliff. Thanks for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast. It's a collection of things we think are interesting, and we hope you enjoy our take on them. And if you do, please consider clicking that Support the Podcast button over on the other side of the page. Thanks again for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast. It is said that necessity is the mother of invention. The perfect example of this is a man named Craig Hershoff, who was diagnosed with a rare eye condition 20 years ago that leaves him nearly blind unless he's wearing a special type of contact lens. The problem was, after his wife passed away, he was left with an anxiety issue that caused his hands to shake, and that made it impossible to put in or take out his contact lenses. So the engineer and inventor went to his lab and put on his white coat and went to work and came up with something that he's now calling the Cliera. And while it's claimed to be a game changer for a lot of people, the robot that will put in and take out your your contact lenses could very well be. But everyone should realize dude lives in Florida. So there's got to be something in the programming that will make the darn thing go haywire at precisely the wrong moment thus giving life to the phrase, it's all good until someone gets an eye put out. <laughs> I can see that happening too, Cliff. No. Yeah. I could not trust myself to do that, and I would not <laughs> trust a robot to do anything like that. Yeah. I'm a little uh-huh. touchy around my eyes. I'll just admit that. <laughs> I don't like stuff in them. I, mm, no. Yeah. I, no, I totally agree. You know, Cliff, I woke up this morning, and yeah. it's supposed to be a brand new week, but already this week feels like an old week to me. <laughs> It, it feels like it's factory refurbished already. Really? <laughs> we just got started with it. Just, you ever stick your finger in a mole hole and you just feel him nibbling on you and you got your finger in there? Has that no, ever I, happened to you, Cliff? I can't say that I've ever done that, no. Have you ever stuck your finger in a mole hole? Uh, no. I, I don't even know where to find one. Out in your yard? They don't eat your yard up? Well, they I mean, they did, but I, I never really like saw any holes where they like surfaced. There was just those tunnels. You know, where the dirt's all dug up. Right, but I mean, I'm putting poison in there yesterday, and you poke a little hole in there with a broom, and yeah. then you can yeah. see their little tunnel, and you got to stick the poison worm down in there, and he okay. never fits in the hole. So you got to poke him in there with your finger, and I swear, every time I do that, I feel yeah. something nibbling on the... I'm sure he's not there, but I feel it's, like he is. It just feels like he's there. I've yep. never been comfortable, Cliff, in my entire life, <laughs> sticking my finger, finger in yep. a hole. In the ground. I've never been comfortable with that, ever. It's like I think whatever animal is in there has been waiting all day long for my finger to stick in that hole. Yeah. Well, Cliff, I've been reading about uh, Santa Claus coming to visit for the holidays and all of the stores and stuff and Mm -hmm. all the ideas they have. And the Bass Pro Shops hit my radar this morning. Okay. They're going to uh, stick Santa inside a plexiglass box. (laughs) So it's, it's going to be a real-life Santa. Santa yes. will really be there. Yes, he'll really be there. But he'll be boxed in plexiglass. That is just so strange-sounding. Like Santa in a bubble. Yes. <laughs> it's like somebody gave you a gigantic pile of chocolate chip cookies. You can see them, you can smell them, you just can't yep. touch them, and it doesn't really you can't touch them. it doesn't work for me, Cliff. Yep. I've got to touch mm-hmm. Santa so he'll know what I want for Christmas. I think it's weird <laughs> as can be. That is strange. It's almost like a mime sitting there inside of a box. <laughs> Weed, if you have thought you were having a bad day, let's now discuss the bad day that a bunch of people had in California on Friday. And we'll add that despite of the bad day on top of a bad day on top of a bad day, things ended up about as best as they could. Let's first talk about a person who died at the hospital in San Diego. 
We don't really know much about them other than that they had signed their donor card, which meant that their death would give life to others. And in the case of the deceased heart, deceased's heart, it would be a patient in Los Angeles. Hopefully, plan was to fly the heart north on a plane, which would land at Gillespie Field in El Cajon, California. It would then be quickly transferred to a helicopter that would rush it to the Keck Hospital at USC near downtown Los Angeles, where the recipient would be waiting. And the first... 90% of that plan worked just fine. In fact, everything was just peachy until the helicopter crashed on the roof of the hospital, rolling over on its side and throwing broken rotor blades off in every direction. You'll be happy to know that the air crew on board the chopper survived with minor injuries, and the donated heart was dug from the wreckage by firefighters undamaged, although the cooler in which it had been iced down for the trip was busted up. The TV news helicopter watching the scene then captured what happened next. The firefighter dug it out of the wreckage, handed off the plastic bag full of saline solution with the heart floating safely inside to a doctor in scrubs waiting to rush it to the OR. He probably should have taken more time with that because as soon as he turned around to walk away from the wreckage, he tripped and fell on a metal plate on the helibad, sending the heart crashing to the roof and bouncing over the scene. Fortunately, there was still no damage to the heart. It was successfully transplanted about an hour and a half later. <laughs> I've often wondered how often that happens, Cliff. In the rush of getting an organ somewhere. Yeah, just slow down. <laughs> it's dropped on the floor. Running won't help. No. <laughs> My right nostril, Cliff, has started playing a game of let's make it tickle right now. While you, <laughs> while you were doing that news story there at the end of the 7 yeah. o'clock news, yeah. four times I had to shut off my microphone because we started playing the game stick a feather up your nose. Man, this is driving me nuts. It just comes on, <laughs> well, and you can't... It could be worse. I mean, you could have dropped a heart on a helipad after the plane crashed. <laughs> yes, numerous times. It still doesn't help. It's like there's something stuck in there going, tickle, tickle, tickle. <laughs> uh, like a feather. Or a seed. It's, it feels like a, a seed, seed is in my nose there's for some seed. reason. Yes. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I can think of some things you could do to your nose, you know like jam something up there to try to get it out, but none of it would be, you know, pleasant. It's all going to be painful. You think needle-nose pliers? Maybe some needle-nose pliers. The small yeah. kind. I don't want the big ones. Yeah. I might try that. That, that might actually work, yeah. Should I rotate? <laughs> well, you got to clamp and then rotate, yeah. Always clamp and rotate, Cliff. <laughs> clamp and then rotate. I think yeah. that's a doctor's degree, too. That's, right. <laughs> that's what I like, Cliff. What's that? I like um. I like medical news and medical help by text message this morning. I was talking about my <laughs> nose problem and how all of a sudden yeah. it just feels like, a you know, there's something in there tickling me. Yeah. And one of our listeners says, what you need to do is, when you feel that, to look up. Yeah. Look up in the air. Yeah. With your head back, and that'll make you sneeze. And then it'll pop right out of your nose and go flying away. That's, so so basically the the answer is to... Blow it out. Blow it out, yes. Forcefully. I have yes. been trying, but it's not had any luck. Yeah. And speaking of trying, yeah. if you've ever played sports, you've probably been lucky enough to run into the gung-ho coach who screams and hollers in practices and sometimes during the game. Never, yeah. never, never give up. Ever. Yep. But you can take that too seriously, too, Cliff. Like the oh, couple so? in Michigan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. couple in okay. Michigan. They've got 14 sons. Okay. <laughs> and last Thursday, they finally had a daughter. So that's 15 children they have. <laughs> right. 
Now, two things here real quick, Cliff. Number one, if they don't have a 16th child, I would be upset being one of the sons because it's like you kept going until you got what you wanted. So you didn't really want any of us. You were (laughs) just looking for a girl. You just looking for a girl. So you have to have another one now. And the other thing, Cliff, what kind of job would they have to have to be able to support 15 kids? I have no idea. Even though some of them have moved out of the house because the oldest one's 28 years old. But still, (laughs) what kind of job would that be? I don't know. I mean, and, and what kind of a vehicle, when it's time to like, I don't know, load up and go to the store we have like a bus <laughs> the haughty shrine clown car <laughs> i can't afford myself cliff much less 15 other people that's yeah i got gotcha. you well yesterday cliff i decided to mm-hmm. do some preventive maintenance at my house preventive maintenance at yes i gonna save okay. myself a little bit of trouble in the future and hopefully okay. some expense and so i was spraying my chain well not my chain the garage doors chain. I oh, have my, okay. Uh, yes, I don't have a chain. I was up on okay. the ladder, my head right by the motor. I had the little clicker yeah. in my hand, spray can in my other hand. <laughs> no. And I hit the clicker, and the chain on the rail is coming right toward my face. Yeah. And I'm sitting there spraying and spraying Spring. and spraying. Uh-huh. So proud of myself. And about the time I stopped yeah. and took my finger off the button. Right there by my ear, I heard this poof, and I mean loud, poof. What was it? The motor caught on fire and smoke (laughs) come rolling out of that thing. Right by your ear. Yes. It looked like a rock concert stage with as much smoke that was coming out. had you been like pushing the button excessively, you might say? I didn't think I was excessively pushing any buttons, Cliff. Because... Most of the time, those motors uh, for garage door openers aren't like a continuous duty kind of thing. They're not meant to work. It's over and over and over. And you know, you you put the you put it up, you put it down, then it sits and cools down, and you do it again. So if you'd done it excessively, I can totally see how there would be a fire. It was bad. It was scary. I mean, it's right there by your ear when it does that, and then the smoke come out in my face. It was like a cartoon. It really was. It was like a cartoon. <laughs> and now I don't have to wor- worry about excessive pushing the button on my garage door anymore. Because now when you push the button, <laughs> nothing happens. Nothing happens. <laughs> so you see how my preventive maintenance, Cliff, is... Yeah. You, not only did you prevent any failures, you prevented any successes. <laughs> and somehow, work. my you wallet's going to be working. lighter when this is done, That's I'm sure. Right. <laughs> Had I not messed it, with it, it'd have been just fine. It, yes, it worked just <laughs> yeah. fine. Yeah. Tweet <laughs> as the country begins the slow downhill but still bumpy roll after the election. It's nice to see signs that things are getting back to a more normal media landscape. Yeah, there's still going to be those media outlets that will hammer out the headlines over vote counts and the resulting legal battles, but others are already sneaking in what you might call feature stories or human interest especially after an RV travel website called Parked in Paradise released the results of a survey they took of Americans between the ages of 11 and 24. As you might expect, that group is working to support a large group clamoring for customers in a pandemic when people are being discouraged from going anywhere. It's a travel site. (laughs) What they found is that many of those surveyed 
Well, they weren't going anywhere in the first place. 42% of those surveyed said they've never left the U.S., and 15% said they've never even left the state where they live right now. But 88% said they'd go if they could. Where would those young Americans go? Many of them apparently would come right here. Because a full third of those surveyed said they've never seen a cow in person. <laughs> That's hard to believe, Cliff. I, I agree. I guess because they're I'm, so common around here. Yeah. I, I mean, I would, I, it's, on one hand, you're like, no. And on the other hand, if, you, if you've been to Chicago and you, you know, there's no cows in Chicago and people don't really, you know, you, you don't really get out of your neighborhood all that much. And if you do, you go to a different neighborhood in the big city and there's no cows there either. So they might very well have not seen a cow. It's possible. You know, there's people that's never seen snow. I agree. And I read this morning, Cliff, when I got to work, yeah. there's like 13% of Americans, I don't see how this is possible, yeah. have never sent something in the mail to someone else. Wow. That almost seems impossible to me. <laughs> how you could go. Without going to the post office and dropping something in the mail. At least one time in your life, I would think, but that's supposedly I, I, the truth. I got a pretty cool story about my great uncle in Florida and something he found out people didn't know back even in the 1960s, I'd like to tell you. Cliff, what's the story with your uncle? Okay, so it's, a, it's my great uncle. This is my grandmother's uh, brother who was a World War II veteran. Uh, and I believe he was uh, wounded in the in the war from Mount Carmel. And somehow, and I don't know how he got there. I don't know all that story. Somehow he, he ended up working for NASA at Kennedy Space Center. This would have been in the 60s when we were sending people to the moon. It was like the time to be at NASA. Um, and he didn't have a degree. He wasn't a rocket scientist or an engineer or anything like that. He worked in facilities maintenance. So basically, he was in charge of the office who, like, put the janitors in the buildings and that kind of thing. And the story that I heard was, because he works with a bunch of guys, he's from Illinois, working with a bunch of guys from Florida, and they got into a big argument one day about where popcorn came from. And they refused to believe that popcorn came off an ear of corn. It was just kernels. <laughs> and so when he got home from work, he called a relative in Mount Carmel. This was in the fall when they were harvesting. And he goes, find me some ears of popcorn and ship them to me. <laughs> and he took ears of corn and a container of oil and a popcorn popper to work and shelled the corn and popped the popcorn, much to the amazement of the Floridians he was working with. It was like a magic act right there, That's wasn't right. it? <laughs> And now behind the screen. That's right. Pay no attention. Pay no attention to the man behind the screen. (laughs) And your story, Cliff, about your great uncle happened to have the demonstration about popcorn. Yeah. To show the rocket scientist that. (laughs) That that popcorn actually comes from an ear. Yes. That reminded me of a story (laughs) kind of similar to that. Yeah. When I was in junior high. Yeah. We had a knockdown, drag-out argument. I can still remember this. We was at recess, and you weren't supposed to go to the baseball field at recess, so all of us guys in junior high always went to the baseball field for recess. (laughs) Naturally. Yes. And we were standing behind the fence, behind home plate, and the argument was horrid. And all of my friends and myself teamed up 
and turned on another friend of ours named Mark, like a pack of wolves attacking him and attacking him and attacking him (laughs) because we just knew we were absolutely right. And he was the only person standing there saying, you all are idiots and all of you are wrong. And we went after him. It was absolutely horrible. Cliff. I mean, horrible. What an argument. Yeah. And it went on for the entire recess. People were mad for days over this <laughs> argument in the seventh or eighth grade. And it was just just insane. And I yeah. look back at that and I thought, how, how stupid was the pack of us to attack him to begin with when he was right all along? And you know what the argument was about? What was it about? <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I was, I was kind of waiting for this because this is probably crucial to the story what was the argument about where babies come from (laughs) (laughs) that's what we were arguing about and it was vicious and and i'm glad there wasn't demonstrations like your great aunt uncle did there but it was horrible yes yes demonstration yes 20 years later cliff i felt so foolish looking back at this conversation we had in junior high yeah Mercy. <laughs> Cliff, was you wanting to say something? You sent me a text message. Oh. Or is that past? I mean <laughs> Well, I'm I'm, I'm still thinking about the uh incident on the ball field when you were in junior high. No, oh, it was it was terrible. <laughs> I think about it quite often myself, Cliff. It was horrible. Oh, it it took you you get there's a big argument. Bunch of junior high boys about where babies come from. Yes. <laughs> there was one person who had one opinion, and then all of the rest of you had a different opinion. Pretty well, which yeah. One, which one of you were correct? <laughs> the one guy named Mark. Okay. The pack so, of wolves was wrong. <laughs> the what? Pack of wolves was wrong. Uh, of his pack of wolves. Yes. Yeah. And it took you 20 years to then figure out where babies actually come from. Yeah. That would have put you like uh, 33. You know, Cliff, I thought one of the rules here was there's no math on this program. Is that not true? Well, I can't help but do math in my head sometimes. Don't, do, don't do any I'm math. <laughs> That's the rule. There's no math. or You shouldn't have yeah. even brought that up. <laughs> and it's time now for Take It to the Bank. Today's Take It to the Bank will be about wedding traditions in a couple of countries. We'll start off with Denmark. Okay. This is strange, Cliff. At the reception... Yeah. The groom, at some point in time during the reception, has to disappear. And while he's gone, all of the single men come up and kiss his new bride. (laughs) And later, the bride has to disappear, and the groom has to kiss all of the single girls. That's a little bit odd. And now we go to Germany. Okay. The tradition of choosing a best man, it all started here, as I said, centuries ago. Because apparently, Cliff, at one point in time in Germany, it was Mm -hmm. sometimes necessary for a man to kidnap his bride from a neighboring village. And he needed (laughs) his strongest friend, also known as his best man, to help him out. Now, once you had a good kidnapping, then you had the ceremony and the best man had to stand beside the future groom. Mm. and fight off any family that wanted to interfere with the ceremony from taking place. (laughs) That's a lot of pressure to put on somebody, Cliff, that you have to be able to whip everybody at the wedding. So so what you're saying is the the best man wasn't then 
the best friend as it is today. It was the best brawler. The best fighter, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm kind of excited right now, Cliff, because we okay. got a voice message that yeah. wants our help. That doesn't happen very often. No, no. Usually people, you know, as much as we try to offer help, they, they really are more interested in helping us. Yes, <laughs> and we appreciate them doing it. Listen to this, yes. Cliff. Okay. Morning, Reed. Morning, Cliff. Hey, Reed, you're always helping out the listeners with a problem. Uh, there's not going to be a Thanksgiving dinner at church this year. Carol, always my wife, always puts it on. And, but she's been collecting all these things like for door prizes, and the majority of things of what she's collected is candy. Can you help me out with this? I think I can help them out with this, Cliff. Okay, what do you got? I hate for any church to be stuck with door prizes they can't get rid of. So this is what you need to do, truck driver Ralph. Remember okay. this or write it down if you're in a position where you can. Yeah. You have your wife, Carol, package all of that candy up mm. and mail it to W-R-A-Y. Now, this is where the important part comes in. Okay. Right after W-R-A-Y, you have her put a yeah. slash line and the letters C-O followed by yeah. weed. And then 1900 West Broadway <laughs> in Princeton. So that's going to come to your attention. That's right. And so once that candy gets here, I'll be sure to yeah. distribute it amongst myself. So I was going to say, <laughs> I noticed that my name was conspicuously absent from the uh, care of line. <laughs> yes, yes, it, it was, Cliff. I, so you're not going to split it with me 50-50 It was saying. just an oversight on my part, Cliff. I'm sorry oh, about that. Sorry okay. about that. <laughs> yeah. Cliff, anything said today? Phrases of the day, serpent number three. You got a clamp. And then rotate. Number two, have you ever stuck your finger in a mole hole? <laughs> no, I have not. Number one, morning roadshow phrase for today, a demonstration on where babies come from. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> we didn't have that. We just had an argument about that. Perhaps you all, as 12-year-olds, could have used a demonstration on where babies come from. I'm thinking there's one or two still from that class, Cliff, a little bitter over that whole conversation, <laughs> to be honest with you. If there's something you'd like to hear us talk about, go to weedandcliff.com and click the Contact Us button and send us a message. Thanks again for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast.